Okay, take three. Three. Yeah, here we go. Couldn't get this to record right. Thank goodness we didn't go all the way and realize it wasn't recording. Third time's a charm, right? That's what they say. I would have lost it. (laughs) (laughs) One time, this is a true story. We were recording Irresistible Grace, our newest podcast for women. If you haven't listened to it, check it out. And we recorded the entire episode only to realize that there was some massive recording failures happening. And we had to re-record the entire episode. It was so frustrating. It's, and it's frustrating because we only record once a month on that podcast because it's really hard for us to record because it's three women with three families and three schedules. And yeah. Um, we did it. But man, it was frustrating. We learned a big lesson that day. All that to say, we're glad that two minutes into this episode, we realized we were having technical issues and started over. Yes. All right. Let's do this. Hello, I'm Chuck. And I'm Ellen. And this is Imperfect Family, where we try to pursue biblical, theological, and creative ways to uphold the supremacy of God in marriage and parenting. This podcast is mostly unscripted, and it's just the two of us trying to work through and talk through issues that Christian families might face. This episode is preparing for the Lord's Day. Okay, well, um, this episode is uh, kind of a Another one that's going to tie well into our commuter devotional podcast. So if you haven't listened to that podcast, it is our Monday through Friday devotional. And we've gone through several books of the Bible, just reading verse by verse or a few verses at a time, um, just for less than 10 minutes, meditating on it, praying through it, reading scripture, and going about our day. But always on Fridays, we kind of orient our podcast episode around preparing our hearts for the Lord's Day starting on Friday. Which is something that we try to do in our family too. So it's kind of cool to see you work through it on the podcast because it's something that's like happening in our home as well. Yeah, and that's kind of what we wanted to talk about on our episode today. There's never any time for us to really do that on the Commuter Devotional. But as a family, it's something that we do because we know that by the time Sunday comes, if we don't do anything about it, Sunday's going to be a mess. Our morning is going to be crazy getting all the kids out the door, ourselves out the door, to our commitments at church. And by the time we get there, we're all in bad moods because nobody was ready on time. And look, we're sitting in church with a sour heart, not ready to feast on the word preached at all. So there's just a lot of things we do as a family to kind of look forward and plan so that things like that don't happen. And so I want to take us back to the Old Testament. If you do listen to the commuter devotional, you'll remember way back, I think it was last year, maybe around Christmas time, we were going through the 15 Psalms of Ascent in the book of Psalms. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for clarifying that. I was like, where could I find these Psalms? (laughs) Yeah, just in case. Yeah, just in case. I want to make sure, you know, this isn't a podcast and everybody can see, so I want to make sure audibly you know exactly what I'm talking about. I'm sure it's appreciated. (laughs) Sorry that I made fun of you in it. You know what? I'm sure there's at least one listener out there going, Psalms of Ascent, where are those? (laughs) So in Psalm... Well, welcome to the club, one listener. (laughs) Now you know. (laughs) We are in the book of Psalms. So Psalm chapter 122 starts like this, verse 1. I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. So there are lots of examples of scripture of Um, the positions of hearts and postures of people's lives and preparing our hearts for the Lord's day. But this one just reminds us that when we say, hey, it's time to go to church, 
they responded by saying, I was glad that somebody said, let's go to church. They were in a, mi- a state of mind where they were ready to do that. So Ellen, let's talk through, we have three kids, six, five, and three. There are two of us. So some people have younger or older kids, more kids, less kids, but still it's a good spiritual discipline even to think about how can we manage our household in such a way to uh, make Psalm 122 verse one true for us. That when we say, hey, it's time to go to church, our household says we're glad to do that. So can we talk through some of the more practical things that we do as a family to um, get us ready? When Let's start by saying like, okay, we go to church on Sunday. Sunday. The Lord's Day for us is Sunday. When do we actually start preparing ourselves and our family for that? For us, our schedule kind of Monday through Friday typically looks the same for the most part every week. We're very scheduled out, very structured in what we do. And as soon as Friday after work hits, we all kind of shift gears of like, okay, we are starting to point ourselves to preparing for Sunday. So where it starts for us, I would say, is like right after work on Friday. So you and I both uh, work a half day on Friday. Kids get out of school um, at noon that day. And so we come home and first thing we do is we spend Friday afternoon cleaning the house. And we try to not do all of that on Saturday so that Saturday is just more of a quiet day that we can spend preparing our hearts. So all of, not all, because there's always work left to be done, but a lot of the work is already done on that Friday. Yeah. Listen, we're all tired at the end of the week. It's not like we have a great attitude when we get home from school and work and we all say we would rather just lay on the couch. And so, um, you know, we do a lot of chores around the house on Fridays, whether that's, you know, sweeping the house or, you know, cleaning the bathroom or finishing up all the dishes, getting laundry started. We don't do all our laundry, of course, on Fridays, but um, we start by doing our cleaning right after school and after we get home from work on Fridays. And um, and the mentality behind this is, is if we do it on Friday, we don't have to do it on Saturday and we don't have to do it on Sunday. And so it's already starting to plan forward for the Lord's Day. Um, because we've, one thing we've realized as a family is that bad Saturdays make bad Sundays. Oh, definitely. Yeah. So sure. we want to take as much pressure off of Saturdays as we possibly can. Yeah. Because then, I mean, if Saturday goes poorly, then Sunday just feels like a catch-up day more than a day of rest like it's meant to be. Exactly. So... um the next thing we do on Fridays is we have movie night. Every Friday is movie night. And more often than not, we invite people over on Fridays. So somebody comes over, either the kids' friends or our friends from church, and we have dinner together and we have uh, movie night. So Ellen and I have a little bit of a different household than some other folks have. We, we do not have a TV in our house. And so movie night is a big deal for us. We have a projector in our living room that we get out and the kids get it out and they set it up and um, we draw the curtains and we have one big empty wall and we watch a movie together and it feels like a big event because it is a big event. We don't Because it's the only time of the week that we right. that we watch something typically. Like, I mean if something else comes up sometimes you know if a kid is sick we'll let them watch a movie or something. But typically definitely. Friday night is the only time. And one of my favorite parts of movie night, it, you mentioned we have dinner. We do snacks for dinner, which like the kids love. And honestly, it just takes pressure off of you and I of it's Friday night. Like 
we've been working all week. We don't want to cook another meal. So you know what? Throw some pizza rolls in. The kids think it's a treat anyway, but really it's just like one more thing off of our plate. Bad pun there. Mm. One more thing off of our plate that we have to think about heading into the weekend of like a million dishes to clean up because we just cooked this big elaborate dinner and we had to take all the time to cook this big elaborate dinner. We just keep it super simple. Um, The kids usually get to choose what kind of snack they want to have. And it's just like a fun thing for everybody all around. Yeah. And listen, we aren't trying to impose our standard of television on anyone, but we are saying that what we do is sort of an event for our family. So for us, our event on Friday night that we spend as family time is we have people over, we have snacks for dinner, and then we have uh, movie night. So yeah. that could look completely different for whatever your family does or for for yourselves. Yeah. And that being said, it it's not so much that it's movie night that the focal point is, but if you were to get invited to go out with the guys or something Friday night, like our answer automatically more often than not would be no, because Friday night is a protected night for us as a family, as we're heading into the weekend. Like even though it's not anything spiritual, it's not like we're singing hymns all Friday night together as a family. It is a a special time of we're beginning our weekend as a family unit. And Really, no one leaves the house at that time. Like, you don't mm-hmm. go out with the guys. I don't go out with the girls. The kids don't go to sleepovers that night. We're all just in the home enjoying snacks and movie night. Right. And so, Friday for us, there's nothing really very spiritual about it other than we do family worship with whatever, usually with whatever family comes over. And, but that's it. It's just a night together as a family, but it's all pre- preparation, preparing our household for what is to come. So, um, that's that's our mindset, and that's kind of our 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 ethos as we hit Friday after work. So then going into Saturday, um, usually our Saturdays are really chill, right? Like uh, we have some, we usually do something as a family on Saturdays. Um, you know, we do wrap up chores. The kids kind of have a relaxing day. They play outside. Yeah, usually um, when the weather's nice, I think my favorite thing to do as a family on Saturday is just something outside. You know, go for a bike ride, go for a hike, something like that. Where again, we're not like sitting in nature being like, oh, isn't God so creative? You know, let's sit and read a whole psalm about it. But it is like taking the set aside time with our kids just in the quiet of the outdoors so that a conversation maybe could be had later of like, hey, remember when we were outside yesterday? Like, weren't the birds beautiful? God made those birds. Right. And so. Um, the biggest thing on Saturday is that we go to bed on time. I mean, and even early, right? This is probably one of the biggest things for us on Saturdays is even if we have commitments with, um, you know, other folks or we do get invited to a family party or something on Saturdays is we tend to leave early so that we can get all the kids and us into bed early on Saturdays because if we stay up late on Saturday night and we wake up on Sunday groggy and grumpy. That's not good for anyone. And so that's just one of the other ways that we've kind of planned in our family um, so that Psalm 122 verse 1 is true for us. Yeah, and I don't want this to sound like we shut the world out on the weekends in preparation. Like this is a time where, you know, we might be going for a hike like, hey, we'll invite some friends to go with us. But the point is like we're doing it as a family, whether another family joins us or not, or we go see other people. Our five family members are together pretty much the whole duration of the weekend as we're heading into Sundays. 
Mm-hmm. So then Sundays is where it gets spiritual. <laughs> I know. I feel like we need like a sound effect right there. Um, so uh, I think we've mentioned before on Sunday mornings, every Sunday morning early at 6 a.m., I wake up one of our three children. So uh, this coming Sunday will be our five-year-old. Yeah. And okay, so we're recording this episode on Monday. So today's Monday. He got home from school today and he came up to you and he's like, Dad, do you know what happens on Sunday this week? Like he's already looking forward to it and it's a week away. He's like, we're going to go get our donut and we're going to the special place. Yeah. They all call it the special place, <laughs> which is so precious. Yeah. So what we do is um, uh, we I rotate. So I rotate between our three children. And so this Sunday, I'll get our five-year-old up at six o'clock in the morning. Of course, he's tired. I'm tired. We recently, it's the time is starting to change. So it's still dark out at six o'clock and we go to Dunkin' Donuts. We both get a donut. Um, either they get lemonade or hot chocolate. I get a, a coffee and then we go to our special place, which is, um, special to us. But all it really is, is there's a community college where we live that has a nice little fountain and on its grounds. And we sit on the bench and we eat our donut and we drink our drink. And at some point I bring out the Bible and we read a couple of verses together and we do a very short devotional. So from wake up to getting home, we're home by seven o'clock. So wake them up at six. Go get donut, go to the place, read it, eat it, come home. We're home by seven. Read it, eat it. Read it, eat it. (laughs) Um, We're home by seven o'clock. And we've seen a huge, um, since we started doing this, a huge adjustment in all of our kids. Now, you know, I'm not taking all three out every Sunday, but just one at a time, um, an adjustment with our kids of, from a spiritual standpoint, um, of by by starting our Sunday this way, um, when we're actually in church. And we're sitting under the pastor's preaching and we're worshiping together. They're so much more engaged and ready and open and um, coming home with just a good attitude of it's Sunday and I'm so glad to go to church today. Yeah. So you mentioned, I'm going to back up a little bit. You already fast forwarded to we're at church, but you said you get home about seven, which is about the time that the other two kids are waking up on Sundays. And so it's really cool to see the one kid who was out come home and share with the other two what they've learned that day. So typically I think you do with them like just a verse or a couple verses. You guys don't do like a huge long passage or anything, but it's cool to see them process through it and try to teach it in their own words what you have taught to them. And it's really sweet to see as we all come together at the breakfast table on Sunday mornings just the conversations that the three of them have together about whatever simple little truth you have taught them that morning. Right. So, uh, I mean, Ellen just said we, the other kids get up at seven o'clock. So church for us starts at 1050. Um, so that's almost four hours before church starts. So our family is awake early on Sunday mornings together, um, getting ready, eating breakfast, spending time together, that we're waiting for church time to start. We're waiting to leave our house to go to church. Um, and so, again, the reason we do, the reason we're able to do this is because we go to bed early on Saturdays. And so, you know, I know I grew up in a house that didn't, it didn't function like this. And again, it's not a bad thing. It's just, that's not how it functioned. But there were definitely mornings where we're waking up 40 minutes before church starts and we're trying to get a shower and we're trying to get breakfast in. We're trying to get out the door and it's just chaos in the morning on Sundays. And we go to church and it's just like, it's busy. You know, the, the life is just wide open and 
Um, so we tried, we've tried not to do that in our church or in our, in our household. And we wake up early and we spend the time together. And like I said, we're usually ready and just waiting for mom and dad to say, okay, everyone, we, we live super close to our church. So we usually just walk and, um, we walk to church. We're just about every three minutes. The kids are like, is it time to go yet? Is it time? To-? They're just so excited. And we're like, not yet. We still have two hours. Hang in there. Right. And so, um, you know, for, for this podcast and the purposes of, of listening and, and just what we're talking, we're, we're not trying to say like, you need to do all of these things that we do, but we wanted to give the practical, like, this is the practical things that we do as a family and just challenge um, our, our listeners and the, the parents and the families to just think about. We do have verses all throughout scripture talking about the posture of our heart as we roll into the Lord's day or to hear the word preached or into worship. And we, Ellen and I have been convicted that, hey, most of the time we weren't there. I mean, I mean, even when we were single, it was like, or not single, when we were married without kids, um, you know, we would stay up so late on Saturday nights. It was like, because we could, we could say we're going to stay up late and sleep in because church doesn't start until 10, 50, 11 o'clock. And even then, we got ourselves into trouble of just being so tired during church, not paying attention. We're distracted, and we're like, we're not engaging. We're not, we're not a part of church. We're not feasting on what we could be feasting on. We're getting the scraps off the table. Um, and so this is just how we've thought through the way we do it. And, and we start all the way back on Friday. You know, might not be the best situation and everyone ha- nobody not everybody has the set schedule that we have just that our life follows to be able to do that but there are i'm sure some practical steps we could challenge each other on to get better and better and better at this if you're somebody who's good at this we would love to hear like what do you do in your family to prepare your kids and you and your spouse for the lord's day um, pass on some ideas to us through Facebook or Instagram because we're always looking for ways to become more engaged. You know, just because we say we do all these things doesn't mean we do them every single week. And but we want to. We want Psalm 122 verse one to be a part of our family. Yeah. So as you were talking, I was just thinking about you know we could do. I'm thinking this because our kids are so young. We could do all the preparing in the world, but if we in the actual service aren't playing this out well, um, you know, honestly, a lot of our effort is going to be in vain. So I'm thinking through practically as a mom, some things that I do for the kids just to make sure they're not distracted during the service. So for example, um, I always make sure that their bags are packed for Sunday. They have their Bible ready, their pencil is in there, their markers or whatever it is that they need. It's already ready to go. So when we get to church, they're not scraping around the pew looking for a pen because they already have it. Um, before we go to church, we all have a huge breakfast together because I don't want them to be distracted by a growling stomach during the service. So it's it's not necessarily all just these like spiritually centered things. It's very practical things of like they need a pen in their bag. They need food in their belly. They need a clean shirt to wear that day and not have to pull one out of the laundry. Things like that that help take away the distraction of what could go wrong during the service itself. I love it. All right. Ellen, are you ready for your question of the week? I am ready. Okay, so I was looking through John Piper's 70 questions, and I think we're unfortunately going to have to retire the list because 
I, I know we're not anywhere near 70, but I think we're creeping up on near 20 episodes. And we've pretty much exhausted all the questions that are um, relevant to this podcast. So the rest of them are either irrelevant because we're already married, or they're just like way too personal that we would never ask each other while in front of an audience. Um, or they don't apply to us because, you know, of our family situation or something. So I thought through, I thought about a new question. So we're going to try to stay within the genre though of marriage and preparing for marriage. And I'm curious, um, I have an answer. I'm wondering if you do. Um, do you have, or do you remember what was one of the most helpful resources that you used to prepare yourself for marriage? So this could have been a book or a sermon or, um, well, I don't think we had podcasts weren't very popular back then. They were out, but I don't Way back then. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm curious. Are there any that you remember that stick out in your mind um, that were helpful for you as you were thinking about getting married? Um, that's a good question, actually. I like that you went that route. You were like springing this on me of like, we're throwing the questions out the window. I'm like, oh, no, what are we doing now? Um, so the one that popped in my head right away is actually the book that you and I went through in our premarital counseling. Um, it was a book called When Sinners Say I Do. And actually, I remember reading this book together, and it was helpful at the time. But I remember going back and reading it after we got married and being like, man, I didn't realize what a helpful resource that was until after we got married. Just seeing the truth of you are a sinner and I'm a sinner. And we're both bringing that to the table where, you know, when you're dating and you're engaged, like, there's almost this blissfulness about it of like, oh, I know you're a sinner, but it's okay. But like you get married and like the sin just comes onto the table. Like you see it, you see me at my worst and I see you at your worst, yet we're committed to one another. So at the time, I don't know that I knew it was as helpful of a resource as it was, but now looking back, I'm very thankful for that book. Yeah, I remember that book too. And I remember liking it. I don't remember so many details about it, but I know it was helpful in prep. Um, for me, it was a book I read uh, on my own. I read This Momentary Marriage by John Piper. Um, back then, I wasn't like a huge John Piper fan. That was one of the first things I ever read by him. And uh, I remember being helpful. And, and there's one concept in there that made no sense to me then that makes a lot of sense to me now. He introduced this concept of forbearance as a spouse. And he uses that uh, illustration that I think I think it's become pretty famous about how every marriage, I think he called it the compost pile, like um, every marriage needs a compost pile. And he said that you and your wife um, will, if you have a house together and you might have a beautiful picnic table in your backyard and you'll go out to dinner um, and you have a wonderful yard, but in your yard, there's a good chance that if you're a gardener, you might have a compost pile in your backyard. And it's stinky and it's a mess, but it's part of your backyard and nobody really cares that it's there. Nobody really fusses that it's there, um, but that's where you put all of your scraps and your trash. And he used that illustration of just a household to say like in your marriage, sometimes it's a good idea to just have a compost pile. So a pile of things that bug you and are annoying and um bother you with your spouse that both of you just put on this compost pile you both acknowledge that it's there um, but you forbear with one another um, they're not sinful issues they're just preference issues that drive you crazy 
And, um, you know, so like for me, one of my biggest pet peeves in the, and this isn't for you, but just in life, one of my biggest pet peeves in the whole world is like, I, I have a really tough time sitting at a table or being around someone who chews with their mouth open. Like, I don't know if it goes back to being a baby and I was scarred by something. I don't know. But for me, that's a lot of times something that I lay on a compost pile. Like I have friends who chew with their mouth open all the time, but I don't say anything, right? And this is the kind of the idea of like we forbear with one another. Um, we Our preferences shouldn't be elevated to this super high level. We just throw them on the compost pile and maybe they stink and we acknowledge that they're there, but they're not going to ruin our wonderful picnic that we're having in our backyard. Yeah, I remember, I don't. I did not read this book, but I think I've heard this used in like a sermon illustration or maybe a podcast or something, the same illustration. And I remember them saying that, you know, you do have a compost pile and it serves a purpose. You know, it creates this healthy soil, but a compost pile is not something that you put right next to your house. Like you put it in the back of the yard, you take the garbage and you put it out there. You know that it's there but it doesn't need to be the first thing you see when you go outside. It does not mm-hmm. need to be a focal point of the marriage. Right. It's just there. Yeah. Um, okay. So now that we've talked enough about compost on this episode, maybe you can hit me with the... I'll shift gears here. Yeah. And we'll just talk about something else. Give me a quote no that I can critique and, dr- and judge. <laughs> no, I think you'll like this one. Um, it's a little bit long, so stick with me here for just a second. Let no parents fall into the delusion that Sunday school is intended to ease them of their personal duties. The first and most natural condition... I love it. (laughs) I'm not even done yet. You're going (laughs) to cut me off like that? The first and most natural condition of things is for parents to train up their own children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. I mean, this is... If that's not imperfect family right there, it's almost like we wrote that. (laughs) You wish we wrote that. But I love it. I mean... Uh, I'm, I'm so we listen, it's you and me. It's, um, it's our job (laughs) to hand down the faith to our children. Um, it is not the school's job. It is not the church's job. It is not grandma and grandpa's job. It is you and me together as parents handing down the faith to our children. Um, and we believe that so much. Um, it's not that Sunday school doesn't help. It's not that when the kids get older, youth group doesn't come alongside us, but we don't abdicate that role to someone else. Definitely, That is not how God designed the faith to be handed down. So when we think about, um, I remember you brought up the example once on this podcast about when Isaac and Abraham went up to the mountain where Abraham was going to sacrifice Isaac. And Isaac says, uh, you know, father, where is the lamb? Like Isaac knew that there were lambs that needed to be sacrificed. Abraham had performed that service of worship together with his son before so well that when Isaac went up to be sacrificed, he said, wait a minute, something's wrong here. This isn't how we normally do worship. Um, and so, you know, it, we think about the other, other stories in the Old Testament. You know, when, when one generation of Israelites was going to be was going to die in the desert as they're wandering. And a second generation was going to take themselves into the promised land. Did the church pass the faith down to them? Did um, grandma and grandpa pass? I mean, maybe they actually did. Maybe grandma and grandpa probably helped. Bad example. Scratch maybe they that. did help. <laughs> but no, it's the 
parents in the house. There was no church. There was no Sunday school. I mean, the parents handed down the faith to the next generation, and that's our job. So what would I give that, that uh, um, quote? quote? Thank you. What would I give that quote? I would give it a five out of five. <laughs> Great. Spurgeon will be so happy that he scored a five out of five. What? Oh, that was a Spurgeon I quote. I purposely oh. did not tell you that because I knew that would skew your view, but mm. you still said five out of five. Yeah. And just to kind of piggyback on what you're saying, we love Sunday school ministry. You and I both are involved in it at church. You teach the older kids and I teach the toddler class. We both love it. But yeah, it's not the primary um source of truth for the children it should be you and i and it's just so cool that they do then go to sunday school and it just reinforces what we've already been teaching at home and i'm so thankful for that mhm god has god has equipped us as parents to do the to do the work um and so we need to be faithful to do it yeah i'm so encouraged by the whole like new mercies every morning when it comes to this because mm -hmm. there are days where I'm like, man, I don't have it in me, but I do. God gives me the mercy every day to do this in our parenting. Yeah. All right, uh, my friends. Well, that is our episode. Um, if you like our podcast, please do us a favor. If you listen on Apple Podcasts and rate us, review us, um, tell us what you like, tell us what you don't like, share our podcast with other people and um, and listen, this is our 15th episode. So we've done 15 episodes in a row. And uh, we're going to conclude. We're going to say this is the end of season one of Imperfect Family. Ellen and I are going to take a little bit of a break. Just, I think, maybe a month off. Um, school just started and things are just crazy for our family. And we'll, so we'll start. Um, we'll get back to season two in October. So we're going to take the month of September off and just kind of get back into the rhythm of being in the school year. And we'll see you guys that first Tuesday in October. So don't go away for too long. We'll be back. Yeah. Thanks for being here for the ride of season one. I had a good time. Yeah. Me too. Let's keep doing it. In October. In October. We will be back to do it in October. <laughs> Sounds good. All right, guys. Have a good, have a good September. Bye. Bye. This podcast is part of Commuter Ministries. For more information about Commuter Ministries, visit us at www.commuterministries.org and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Commuter Ministries.